Welcome back to Podcast 35 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Oddsbreakers and follow us on social media slash The Oddsbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Betfred Sports. For $250 worth of free bets, please visit Betfred Sports. Use the promo code ODDS23. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to support The Oddsbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, Please visit theosbreakers.com, click shop, become a member, pick any of our winning cappers, and get our premium plays for the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit theosbreakers, become a free picks and telegram newsletter subscriber. Right now, sitting at 20 and 10 in my NBA season plays, and my season starts in April. I truly believe it's all preseason. Before that, you can always ask the Heat, and we are killing it in Major League Baseball. If you feel free to jump on board, just take a month of myself at theoddsbreakers.com and you'll get all of the rest of the NBA and NBA Finals as well as UFC and Major League Baseball throughout the summer. You'll also get my premium plays and future plays for the NFL and college football. But we have a great show for you today. Because Doug Upstone from Doc Sports is coming on to break down some NFL and talk about some Major League Baseball. We're going to kind of touch on every single division with with some thoughts, early thoughts, a couple plays that we made already. And we're going to get into some of that after I cover the NFC South 2023 preview. So, Excited to do that, and at the end of the show, we're going to talk a little UFC on ESPN. We have a decent main event with Kai Kara France versus Amir Albazi. So, going to get into a little UFC as usual at the end of this show. All right, without further ado, let's get right into our NFC South preview. Now, if you thought the NFC North was like a game of Yahtzee, It might not be much different down south. More big changes come as every single team in this division has a new starting quarterback. I mean, at least for midseason last year. I just do not remember the last time that that's happened. You know, every single team. Desmond Ritter played a little bit towards the end. The good news for the division is that they get to play the NFC North who is one of the weaker divisions in football. The other good news is that they get to play the AFC South, who is the worst division in football. I mean, what a nice reward for sucking last year. Eight wins for Tampa, seven for the rest of them. You know, you get rewarded by playing the two easiest divisions in football. Well, I'm actually not sure how that works, if that was done purposely. I don't think it is. But either way, getting that and getting to play yourselves twice, your pathetic selves, is certainly nice when it comes to your outlook and season win totals. You get the four easiest divisions in football looking at the fact that you get to play yourselves 
twice and obviously the three at-large games. If two or more teams make the playoffs from the NFC South this year, it'll be a crying shame. Let's dig into this then. So the divisional futures, you have the Saints at plus 115, the Falcons at plus 250, the Panthers at plus 380, and the Buccaneers at plus 700. Okay. Now, going to start with the top team, the New Orleans Saints. Their Vegas win total is 9.5, juice to the under minus 125. 2022 wins was seven. Pythagorean wins was one point, or actually 8.71. Their schedule, easy. Very easy. At large games versus at New England, at the New York Giants, and versus the LA Rams. Super easy schedule. Uh, that might be some of their hardest games. <laughs> you know, that maybe Jacksonville. Schedule last year, medium. Their key losses, defensive tackle David Onyemata, outside linebacker Caden Ellis, defensive tackle Shai Tuttle, defensive end Marcus Davenport, quarterback Andy Dalton, safety Justin Evans, cornerback Bradley Roby, wide receiver Jarvis Landry, running back Mark Ingram, and safety, Daniel Sorensen. Key additions, quarterback Derek Carr, defensive end Nathan Shepard, defensive tackle Kalen Saunders, running back Jamal Williams, safety Jonathan Abram. Key draft picks, defensive line Brian Breesey, edge Isaiah Foskey, running back Kendry Miller, offensive tackle Nick Saldaviri, and quarterback Jake Hayner. Here's my summary. Out of all the preseason bets that should have crushed last year, the Saints to win the division was my main one. I had like plus 400 on it, plus 450, and choking that game against the Buccaneers made me want to puke. I mean, it reminded me of my long life of watching the Cubs. (laughs) You know, the Pythagorean win total of 8.71 was the highest in the NFC South, showing the huge underachievement last year. Here's the good news. The schedule might be the easiest that I've ever seen in football. The highest power-rated team that the Saints play for the 2023 is the Jacksonville Jaguars with the Minnesota Vikings in second. I mean, I've never seen a team have it this easy. In saying that, I have some issues with this Sean Payton-less team. First of all, they did shed some big salary but they also shed a lot of key guys to their defense. The Saints also could have helped to fix their offensive line, but decided instead to replace David Onyemata and Marcus Davenport. The Derek Carr acquisition is the elephant in the room here. He should be an upgrade of Andy Dalton, but who knows how quickly he can grasp the offense. This season win total on this team shot up like a rocket ship when it came up, right? It's now close to my number, unfortunately, so no play. But I'll also say that I would not be surprised if this team didn't live up to expectations like they didn't last year. I also think this team drafted pretty well and could possibly be a, I think there might be a Jake Hayner sighting at some point during the season as well. I like Jake Hayner. So that's a good thing. 
My season win total number on them is 9.36. So there's no play for me at the 9.5. My power rating, I'm only starting out them, them out at one point above the average team. And uh, I don't think there's any reason to upgrade that, being that everything is so new right now and they shed so much defense. Number two, I have the Atlanta Falcons at number two. Their Vegas win total, 8.5, juice to the under, minus 135. Their schedule, easy. At-large games versus Washington, at New York Jets, at Arizona. Schedule last year was hard. Key losses, cornerback Isaiah Oliver, quarterback Marcus Mariota, cornerback Casey Hayward, linebacker Rashawn Evans, and safety Eric Harris. Key additions, safety Jesse Bates, cornerback Jeff Okuda, defensive tackle David Oniamata, sick of saying that name, outside linebacker Caden Ellis, quarterback Taylor Heineke, Defensive end, Calais Campbell. Cornerback, Mike Hughes. Outside linebacker, Bud Dupree. Cornerback, Trey Flowers. Wide receiver, Mac Hollins. And a ton of other dudes. I mean, their key draft picks were as running back, Bijan Robinson, as you know. Tackle, Matthew Bergeron. And edge, Zach Harrison. Going to say, well, I'm going to start out by saying that this Falcons team has really underachieved last year as well. Uh, 8.14 Pythag, seven actual wins. But um, their running game was amazing, ranking second in the league. But unfortunately, they ranked 25 against the pass, 23rd against the run, and 31 at actually passing the ball. The only thing they could do was run the ball. Everything else sucked. This is why I do not understand the B. John Robinson draft pick. Now, just because they did some weird stuff at this draft doesn't mean this team didn't do well in free agency. There are literally tons of talent coming to the Falcons this season. We should see an almost completely revamped secondary as well as some new guys on the defensive line. Um, Calais Campbell, One Amata. What this team ignored that they shouldn't have was at inside and outside linebackers, I thought they're kind of weak in the linebackers. And I think the biggest change is the emergence of Desmond Ritter, who actually finished the season pretty strong, beating the Cardinals and the Buccaneers. Okay? So Desmond Ritter is the only quarterback that played a little bit last year from this division. I think that the real question is if there is a drop-off here between him and Mariota. I really think not. I, I think not. And the fumble luck was a big thing last year. If it turns their way, I could see a successful season here with the second easiest schedule in the NFL. So I, my number is 9.07. I didn't bet over eight and a half, and it is plus money. Uh, but I think if I wait this out long enough, I'll probably get a good eight somewhere. Atlanta's power rating is minus 1.5 below the average team. Zero is average. But my play would be to find it eight and take it over. And what's even better with this super easy schedule is them to make the playoffs at plus 180 that you can find at uh, BetMGM. 
So if you have a BetMGM account, I recommend grabbing that. It's just too easy for them to make the playoffs. Even if they're bad and only win eight games, maybe they win the division with eight games. So they're the easiest schedule. I really love it to make the playoffs at plus 180. Kill. I reckon you know a lot about cyberspace. You ever come across anything like time travel? Next is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Vegas win total 6.5 juice to the under minus 135. 2022 wins was 8. Pythagorean wins 7.26. Schedule medium at large games versus Philadelphia at Buffalo and at San Francisco. Ugh. That's a punishment right there, baby. The schedule last year was medium hard, though, due to that Super Bowl year. Key losses, Tom Brady, obviously. Uh, offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, probably a good thing. Um, Raheem Nunez Roches, I, I don't even know how to say his name. Maybe it's Roche. Defensive tackle, Raheem Nunez Roche. Safety, Keanu O'Neill. Cornerback Sean Bunting, left tackle Donovan Smith, safety Mike Edwards, quarterback Blaine Gabbert, tackle Josh Wells, key additions, offensive coordinator Dave Canellis. He was the quarterback's coach from Seattle. Quarterback Baker Mayfield, defensive tackle Greg Gaines, uh, guard Matt Filer, the defiler, and safety Ryan Neal. Uh, key draft picks, defensive tackle Kalaje Kansay from Pittsburgh, tackle Cody Mouch, I believe played for like South Dakota State or something, or somewhere up there, and a bunch of players, uh, probably more like a bunch of prayers, actually. Um, it was the best at times, it was the worst at times, is how I'm starting this one out. I mean, they got their Super Bowl. Needless to say, the Buccaneers lost a ton with Brady, but let's face it, um, he looked a little beat up himself, kind of like... Reminds me of Jordan on the Wizards a little bit. Uh, of course, Jordan joined a bad team, though. He joined a Super Bowl-ready team. But, you know, you still have to downgrade it some for that. I thought that maybe Kyle Trask was going to start. I thought his error was going to start. Then all of a sudden, they just started feeling dangerous and decided to pick up Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah, Um uh, the confusing thing to me is, what are you doing? You know, what are you trying to accomplish? Picking up Baker Mayfield. You know, he's pretty much proven that, yeah, not really top-tier quarterback, not even a middle-tier quarterback right now unless something changes. Um, I mean, do they really think that they can contend? Because they have a ton of expensive guys like Mike Evans, Shaq Barrett, Chris Godwin, Devin White. There's just a ton of age there, too. It just feels like they're going to try to trade these guys during the season, and that's what I would be doing. I mean, this feels like a complete rebuild to me. Um, Pretty bad situation there for the coach, right? But anyways, I just think that there's a chance this team could be in the lottery for Caleb Williams, and if that happens, you sure as hell don't want to be stuck with a season win total over on this team. 6.5 juice to the under pretty much says it all. Um, 
the good news is they're in that easy schedule division, and that's why you don't really want to go under either, but I'm still going to pass. My number is 5.63. Tampa Bay's power rating is minus 3.25, strong lean to the under. And finally, the Carolina Panthers, Vegas win total 7.5, juice to the over, minus 135, 2022 wins, Pythagorean wins 7.95. So even though Tampa won the division, they still have the lowest Pythagorean win total. Sad. Schedule. Easy, of course. Um, at Seattle, at Miami versus Dallas. Schedule last year, medium easy. Uh, key losses, head coach Steve Wilkes, who was really the interim coach, but did a fantastic job. Wide receiver DJ Moore, quarterback Sam Darnold, quarterback Philip Walker, inside linebacker Corey Littleton, and running back Deonta Foreman. Key additions, coach Frank Reich, wide receiver Adam Thielen. Running back Miles Sanders, safety Von Bell, tight end Hayden Hurst, defensive shy Tuttle, tackle. Center Bradley Bozeman, quarterback Andy Dalton, and wide receiver DJ Chark. Key draft picks, quarterback Bryce Young, wide receiver Jonathan Mingo, and basically a bunch of hope. I mean, Andy Dalton has been passed around like a $2 whore at an army barracks. Or maybe I shouldn't uh, print that one, right? Uh, lots of changes for Carolina this year. And we can start right away with their new head coach. I remember being excited for the Colts when they hired Coach Frank Reich. But after a few years, I've soured on him some. Now, Carolina scooped up uh, Frank Reich from you know coaching the Colts and getting fired. But just to let Steve Wilkes go... It was a little bit of a head-scratcher to me. I mean, Wilkes at least showed that he kind of was able to revive a bad team. You know, maybe he's grown up a little bit and you brought a guy in that massively failed. You know, don't get me wrong. Reich had his share of bad injury luck in Indianapolis over his tenure. But, I mean, he's now starting square one with a lot of these guys. Brand-new quarterback. Carolina did do well in free agency this year, grabbing some savvy veterans and Adam Thielen, Von Bell, you know, a couple of other guys I mentioned, uh, Shy Tuttle, you know, Bradley Bozeman, Hayden Hurst. But I just think that this offensive line needed a little bit more work. Um, very concerned for the size of their new quarterback, too, in Bryce Young in the first year of the system. Uh, I, I feel like he's going to get hit a lot. Carolina gave up a lot to get to the number one draft position, including their star receiver in DJ Moore. There is just no go-to player right now that he's gone. Chuba Hubbard, I don't want to call him a go-to player. He's okay. But there's just no star power on this team. And, you know, DJ Moore is the kind of guy that could have bailed out um, uh, Bryce Young, right? Getting that final win last year, versus the Saints actually hurt this team bad okay and now their at large is much more difficult facing Dallas Miami and Seattle you know they could have got who the Saints got or the Falcons they screwed that up now from a perspective of being a fan and a player you don't care you try to win but if you're a sports better or a GM, I don't think you're thinking like that. And if you are thinking like that, something's wrong. The two sides tend to clash, especially if you're changing coaches. If you knew Steve Wilkes was going to go, 
Why bother? This is kind of the same thing with the Texans. Of course, it wasn't as big as going from the first round draft pick to the second, but it was big enough to get a really tough at-large schedule. And now with the 17th game, that's just another second place team you have to play. The Panthers are going to start out as a fade team for me. Let's see what it takes and how long it takes them to gel. My number is 6.98 wins thanks to their easy division, but my power rating from the Carolina Panthers is minus four. Going to lean to the under. There it is, my friends. The play that we have to recap is going to be the Falcons to make the playoffs at plus 180. And now it's time to bring on our guest to discuss some NFL, Mr. Doug Upstone from Doc Sports. Now, I'm very excited to welcome back a great professional handicapper and longtime friend of our show, and Mr. Doug Upstone from Doc Sports. You follow him on Twitter at Doug Upstone. Doug, we are here talking NFL already. We got Memorial Weekend coming on up. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. It's uh, I know. It's crazy, right? I mean, it, it, it's not that the NFL season just ended, but it just seems... To- because it's May, and even though, you know, like some people, not like us, where we live, but other people, their summer hasn't even started yet, <laughs> and we're talking NFL football, so <laughs> that's crazy, but hey, that, you know what? That's what the world wants. That's what betters want, so hey, we're here to, to deliver the goods. Well, you know, I mean, especially now that these NBA's got some sweeps going on, possibly too. I've never seen that happen before, so... Uh, no, and yeah, if that happens tonight, first time ever. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like people are probably shifting their thoughts now towards the nfl and thank god books now a days have that stuff out early now and there's good and bad you gotta be ready to bet it but that's why we talk nfl and nfl really never stops it stops for me i guess after the super bowl through march madness and it kind of picks up with the draft for myself but i think that's kind of like how it is for a lot of people these days yeah, I'm not a big draft guy, but uh, in terms of, I, I know you do a lot of the betting with it and stuff like that, and I, I just, it for whatever reason, it's just never caught my interest. Uh, I'm more uh, what I would call reflective, okay? So I like to not see what necessarily what happens, but I keep, I actually uh, take keep and save the drafts and look back at them two, three years later, okay, and see who's still on certain teams and kind of who's done what and just you know, make mental notes along those lines, but yeah, the, the, in the moment stuff, but Hey, the, now I know uh, we both have uh, a affinity of sorts for the green Bay Packers, uh, good and bad, by the way, but um, <laughs> the, the Lambeau field going to have the draft in 2025. I saw yesterday. Let's hope it's not snowing. Um, <laughs> you never, well, it, it, could, it can snow yeah, through that's, May that's there. You're right. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's going to be a beautiful day. You just don't know. It wouldn't that, bother that anybody Wisconsin. there though. See, I love, and I love Wisconsin. You know, I'm from there most of my life, Chicago a little bit when I was younger than that. But, but it's for me now that I live down in the heat, it's, it's pretty much late June or July through September is what I love Wisconsin about. And now every yeah. once in a while, a snowmobile trip in the winter's cool or ice fishing or, you know, go, go visit uh, my family up there. And that's good. But right now it's, you can, you never know what you're going to get. And it'd be interesting if it was a, a, a snowy day, it'd probably add some fun to it from a watching perspective though, if it was snowing maybe, but uh, the people there might not enjoy it so much flying in for it anyway. 
Yeah, as long as the brandy's flowing, nobody seems to care there. So that's kind of how that works. Old fashions, baby. Get your old you fashions go. when you get up to Wisconsin. That's the important thing. Well, uh, Memorial Weekend coming on up. Uh, do you have any big plans? Uh, no, nothing in particular. As it turns out, it's, it is my wife's birthday. And so we a lot of festivity, festivities uh, around that. So actually have something uh, for uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday from that standpoint. And because I still continue to write, uh, also there's work involved you know, in, in that. So yeah, it's not... The holidays, other than the 4th of July, you know, for a long time have just revolved a lot of times around work. So um, not, you know, do stuff, but not a lot of stuff. How about yourself? Uh, so the plan is to go up and visit our friends up in Flagstaff. They have a uh, place at Forest Highlands and uh, it's a fun place. It's like a kind of like a gated-ish community, but it's a golf community, really. It's on the okay. a, on a very large golf course, but you can still buy homes there. Mass, massive HOA fees, but I guess it it counts for your golf if you live there, which is kind of okay. cool. But it's just like a, a place where it's got its own restaurants. It's got a little tiny convenience store that nobody can use unless you live there. Um, you know, And so it's kind of like a little bit of a tight vacationary vacation type place. And, uh, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. So we plan on doing that and it's very woodsy up there, as you know, up in the mountains. So right. that's going to be some fun. Watch a little sports, but, uh, we'll, we'll definitely. Well, there's not going to be much sports on. <laughs> and, and that's a good thing. You know, I'm glad no that NBA, it, it, uh, I, I don't even know when the uh, NHL final start. I haven't looked that far ahead, but, uh, it, I, yeah, there might be, you know, one of the, if, uh, tonight, if, um, Dallas can win. That's that's about the only one that looks like it might even make the weekend. Dallas and Vegas, right? But, right. but everything else looks pretty much locked down. So it's baseball and uh, and or if you like the USFL, are you a USFL guy at no, all? No, no, no. I, I mean, I no, want okay. them to be successful, but I need my breaks from football. You know, and um, Understood. I, I, a little bit of baseball, but that's why I love Memorial Weekend. It's more I can do stuff with the kids and just have more fun and not just be, you know, have a game on in the background. And I don't get too distracted by it sometimes, but you know, it, we are sports betters. We do watch what's what's happening. So it's important thing. The good thing for me is I get up at four or five in the morning. They get up at eight or nine. So I'm doing a lot of sports betting stuff early. And uh, that's wow. just the way I live my life, man. I don't sleep a lot. So um, been like that just doesn't affect me since it's, since I've been like that for a long time. And I guess that's a good thing when it comes to sports betting, but probably, uh, Maybe not the, the way you want to be living, but uh, ultimately, the, probably not. I would agree with you on that one. <laughs> Let's talk a little <laughs> baseball real quick. And both you and I are Cubs fans, as we, yes, as some of our listeners probably remember. But um, what's funny about them is their record's not good. It shows a losing team that's going to miss the playoffs, the postseason. But um, are they that bad? Uh, and what kind of issues are they really having, you think? Well, I'll start it off, and obviously I want you to chime in as well. Um, yes, they, I think the record is indicative of who they are. I was not – you know, there were some people talking about they could be a playoff team this year, um, and, you know, and maybe something will change, but there's nothing here that I see that will change. And I think it goes back to – you know, there's any number of different ways to look at it. I think it starts with the Ricketts, who own the team. Okay, when they bought the team, they had definitely had plans of winning, but the Ricketts are known for making their money. And the so they spent money, they did everything, and they got lucky. Okay, they, they brought the right people in, by the way, at the beginning of the deal, Theo Epstein in particular, but they got lucky and they won the World Series. Okay, and then after that, 
they turned off the, the faucet on the water, on the money. And so they invested all this time and material in what's going on uh, outside the ballpark, some of it inside the ballpark. And they just, they quit spending money. They quit player development. So after having a bad year last year, attendance was down some. So this year they went out and they got a bunch of what I call brand name players. Now I'm not saying they're good players. Okay. But they're brand name players that at least people are familiar with. And, but in terms of other than Dansby Swanson, who I think was a surprise that he actually ended up there. Uh, most of the other guys are average players at best. Uh, they, they've had more, they had their best success at other locations. They're unlikely to, to uh, duplicate that or replicate it. So this is a team that at best is a 500 team. And it's no surprise to me. I don't know if it is to you or not. Okay. Okay. So I disagree with some of that. Now the, the Ricketts did purposely not spend money, but they developed so much infrastructure in Wrigleyville that I kind of understand it. Now, if this continues, Doug, then I will have a problem with it, but I'm still, I, I, I guess I know 2016 is probably miles away right now, but I still kind of feel the effects of it. I'm happy that it happened. Oh, absolutely. And, oh, I, and, and, and I just think that now that, you know, the Ricketts needed to press pause, make some money back and then um, build the infrastructure. Now, hopefully these businesses they built around there makes them money too. I mean, that's the whole idea, right? But um, I, I expect them to empty the pockets more because I'm looking at this as only the second year of the rebuild where they started signing some people. Now the bullpen has overachieved and you can see them blow some big games Unfortunately, some of the ones that I've been on late, they have a lot of run one run losses and a lot of large wins. And that's why they're plus 21, Doug, in their run differential. They're yes. plus 21, 20 and 2016 plus 21. But, you know, if you want to you know, talk about underachieving, you got uh, the Toronto, you know, Toronto was supposed to be much better sitting at 25 and 23. You know, you have the Yankees. Well, the Yankees are actually doing pretty good. Uh uh, the White Sox were supposed to be, you know, decent again. They're 19 and 30, you know, uh, just very, a lot of head scratchers right there, uh, especially with the Cardinals was sitting in their own division. Now, if it was, if it was me, I would pick the Cardinals to win it right now, sitting at 21 and 28, because I thought Pittsburgh overachieved a little bit too. But the Cubs, if they just somehow straighten up, I guess they're run scoring. Try to make it a little. I mean, don't be so hot and cold. Bellinger was started out bad, then he was good for a long time. Then he's bad. It's like be a little bit more consistent. Maybe win some win your games by one or two or three runs instead of win two by ten and then lose four by one. Yeah, you know, maybe that evens out. So I think they're kind of a buy-on team from a sports betting perspective, just due to some of the power in those bats that they picked up. But um. I think they're going to be borderline at the end, Doug. I, I, I kind of, I did bet the over 76 and a half wins. And so I'm kind of sitting there. It's, it's looking under right now, but I, I'm, I'm hoping it changes. Yeah, I, well, I think the 76, you know, was a good number in terms of or a realistic number. I agree with you on that. And there was there were some possibilities there. But a lot of the things, at least that I read early before the season, where, you know, talking about a 500 team, talking about a team that maybe could slip into the playoffs. And, you know, that would to slip in the playoffs, you're probably looking at 88 wins in order to do that. And I didn't see that, you know, at all, looking at a variety of things. And one of the things that's, that's always the case when you see a team that has a record 
below 500, but yet they're a plus, uh, they're a plus in run differential. It always, well, I shouldn't say always, 90% of the time it's the bullpen. Okay. Is, yeah. is what the problem is. And the Cubs, I think their bullpen, now their, their numbers they're I mean, they've risen quite a bit, but the one thing that it shows, I believe the record, the record of the bullpen, I want to say is five and 14. Don't hold me to that. It's, it's right around there. And it, I mean, that's 14 losses that, that, uh, you know, of their total is from the bullpen. So that's a big problem. And I know that Ross has left a few guys in too long. I know you have to leave three batters. We know that rule. Right. Which is <laughs> sometimes people, you know, forget about that. But but the truth is there's been some times where it's like, you better pull this guy. Just put one, one someone on one and two, and then he just leaves them in, and boom, that's that's game. And I, I've seen a few of that and uh, some very strange moves in the outfield now. Yeah, you can't can Ross right now, but maybe you'd look at some options after the All Star break and see where you're at. Maybe like, you know, come the end of July or something, you see really if they're contending or not. Then you can kind of try to find out using analytics on what the manager should have done if he's really accountable for some of those losses, Doug. Oh yeah, I mean the I mean how these guys are graded now. Um, you know, I'm I'm not sure that analytics is the entire answer. You know, for, for the stuff I've never. I understand for me, anyways, it has its place. I just don't, I just think in the terms of the science of it, and I'll, I'll give you a great example how the Texas Rangers are playing right now. I mean, Bruce Bochy is an old school guy, okay? And one of the things that I like about how they're playing that it, that impresses me is that they're not a home run driven team, okay? They play what I would call old school baseball. And what I'm talking about is the first, the third, so, you know, you, you get the runners on the corners and then instead of just trying to hit the home run, get the three run homer, they just keep trying to hit the ball, hit the ball. And they got a lineup that can do that. And it's no surprise to me that, you know, now watching, especially how they play that, you know, they're, they're first, uh, first or second in runs scored in baseball this year. And the other key thing is that style of play is demoralizing to the opponent. Because, you know, you just it's just one guy after another on base. And it's just when you see that, uh, you know, I, I can go back to, you know, there's teams from yesteryear uh, and I'm t yesteryear being, you know, f uh, 20 years ago, but that played that style of baseball. And, you know, and they were very successful at it. And it's just it's a it's a it's it's a more interesting game to watch when from that standpoint, in my opinion, than just watching home runs or waiting for guys just to strike out. But it's, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. I, I like how they play. I'm really impressed. You know, what about you? Do you I'll, like what they're doing or what I, do you think? I love what they're doing and I almost got them the preseason. It seemed like a lot of people were on them in the preseason. So the, the number yes. kind of got, it got away from me, but I did consider them. They do have the, if you look at team rankings, they have the easiest schedule so far. So maybe that plays a little bit of a difference, but you know, it is baseball and uh, if things go up and down, so we'll see if they hold on to it, but I'm very impressed by them. Would you call them your most surprising team, which is my kind of like uh, next question really for this? Yeah. Transition. No, I wouldn't. Uh, Cause I, I thought, I mean, I'm not, I'm a somewhat surprised they're in first place, but I mean, I thought they would be good. The two surprising teams to me, one good, one bad Arizona, I thought the the Diamondbacks would be better, but they're playing much better than I anticipated. Yeah. Uh, their young guys have come through. I mean, I they're talk about another team that's fun to watch. I mean, they definitely are.
you know, and, and they, they attack on an offense, you know, looking to steal bases all the time, time, take the extra base. Um, you know, I still not a hundred percent sold on the pitching right now, but you know what? It's a long season. So not, you know, we're talking about right now, like them to me, the, uh, the most disappointing team though. And, uh, and I'll admit it because I, I bet them is <laughs> the, uh, Seattle Mariners. I'm, I knew their lineup wasn't going to be great, but I, it's, to me, it's underperformed. I, you know, their, their season win total was I think 89 or 89 and a half. And, you know, right. I mean, I mean, they're basically, a, they're one game below 500 as we're doing this show. So, I mean, they'd have to get it, you know, one of those, uh, you know, 15 and or 18 and three runs to, you know, really get something going. Now they're in a division where that's a possibility, especially playing Oakland, but still, you know, I, I don't know. I, not 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 as uh, not as high on them as I was, and you know, and they, like everybody, they've lost some pitching then too due to injuries. So yeah, those are my two teams, Kev. What about you? You can go a lot of ways with this because there's really you can make an argument for eight to ten teams almost here to go far in the postseason. I would almost think um, it, it should come down to pure power and talent. But you got the Mets, and that's going to be one of my more disappointing ones. Now they did go on a nice little run recently, but they're twenty five and twenty three. They should be sitting better. You know, they always seem to have bad injury luck, and <laughs> it's already starting to kind of creep into them. But uh, the Mets were supposed to be a lot better than they are. So, uh, you know, being 25 and 23, that's a little bit disappointing for me. I think that you can say Oakland, too, is disappointing, but we knew they would be bad. <laughs> we just didn't know they'd be this bad. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 <laughs> I mean, when you're losing by 3.6 runs per game, as we sit here today, uh, I don't know. <sighs> Boy, I you know I've heard, I, the I've heard the stories of the uh, the old Mets team that, from uh, 1962 uh, when the uh, Casey Stengel here's here's a quick story uh, Casey Stengel was was talking to this team after watching the spring training and for those that don't know Casey Stengel was a very successful manager I uh, was older when he, when he was with them uh, back in those days and at at the end of spring training he goes you know what guys we're gonna win it just ain't gonna be with any of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun. That's a way to kick them out right there, though. We don't care about your feelings back then, buddy. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh, I, I mean, 10, 10 wins and 39 losses is, is, is quite pathetic here. And, um, yeah, I mean, do they get to 50 now is the question. And I, uh, I, don't I, don't even, know. I don't even think they can do that. But, I mean, this is baseball, and maybe some guys from the farm come up and, and help out a little bit. And that's always – you know, it seems that baseball seems to even itself out somehow. But Baltimore at 31 and 16 is definitely much more. They're doing better than I thought. And I took their season win total over, I think, 78 or 80 wins or something. But, man, they're really on pace to beat that. And I'm kind of hoping they do. But, uh, you know, they did have a somewhat of an easy schedule to start. But still, I mean, you can't really go wrong with what they've been doing. And, uh you know they beating they they beat they almost swept or they did sweep Toronto they swept Toronto this May a couple, yeah. a couple just 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 a few days ago I was on them a couple times uh, they took two uh, against Tampa Bay and ta you know yep. how hot Tampa Bay started and Tampa Bay they had a really easy start to their schedule and so um, it's they were the most surprising team but I'm gonna give it to Baltimore and I'll give you a little bit with the Boston Red Sox too because I expected them to be a worse team and giving up more runs. The, the thing is that they're scoring a lot of runs, you know, it's not as bad as Oakland where the over hits because of the other team, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but the over is hitting because they are giving, they're hitting some, they're getting a lot of runs and they are definitely giving up their share of runs too. So they're a big overs team right now. 
Um, the, the market has adjusted, of course, but you know, right now they're just scoring a ton of runs. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to go off Friday to see them as oh, a matter of fact, because so, yeah, they're, you know, it's, it's nice now with the balanced schedule, which I like is that, you know, every, every other year, you know, you're going to get to see some teams you don't normally get to see, you know, if you live in a city that has you know a major league team or live near one. So I, I think it's a real benefit. So yeah. And with how they're playing, you know, I mean, I couldn't even tell you the last time I saw the Red Sox, you know, I probably was when I was living in Milwaukee, which is a long time yeah. ago. So, yeah. So just, you know, it's fun to be able to do that. And, and, and as you know, I'm a big baseball guy, you know, just from, a, from not only from a betting standpoint, but also from a fan standpoint, love pitching and stuff like that. So looking forward to that, won't see probably a lot of good pitching with Boston in town, but <laughs> it'll be uh, interesting to go and at least see them. Yeah, it's a good one to bring a kid to too, because you know a lot of runs could happen with this game with these, these teams. So, oh yeah, we'll see. As long as it's not against Gallon or something, then that'd be a little more difficult. But we'll see what happens. Let's pivot on to the NFL then, Doug. Um, All right. So I asked you this last year, and it was I had you on a little bit later last year, but I'm glad you popped on early here because this these probably it's probably a little premature in some cases, but you know it's fun to talk about. Uh, I'm curious about an NFL team that didn't make the playoffs last year and you think could this year. Uh, well, this is a pretty obvious choice, but it, it makes the most sense to me. The New York Jets, yeah. um, you know, the the Rodgers is going to be a positive. OK, now, how much so? I mean, there's I think. I don't think there's much doubt he's in decline. Now I'm not saying significant decline. Okay. I don't think we're talking about like Drew Brees's last year, nothing like that, but I mean, but yeah, th there's definitely, I mean, and, but he also has a much stronger arm. Uh, I think that with Brees Hall back, you know, for that, that'll help their running game. And I think that they've also made some adjustments at tackle. So I think overall, I think the defense will be, will be excellent because of the head coach. That's his background from that standpoint. So, I, I mean, so yeah, I, I could see them, you know, getting to 10 wins. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe 11, but you know, I would say 10 for sure. And that should be good enough to get into the playoffs. So that'd be one team that I would look at to, uh, to make the playoffs. And that is definitely the most obvious one too, but I agree with it. That's my number one team I would go with if I had to pick one. But my next one, I'm going to be a little bit more off the grid. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. And what I like about Atlanta is I don't I don't love how they drafted a running back when they didn't need one, but he's, he's still a really good prospect, you know. And yes. um, a couple of consistency things they have. Desmond Ritter did start the last four or five t uh, games of the year. And if you look at the division, Tampa Bay is going to have a new quarterback at there. The Carolina is going to have a new quarterback there. And the Saints are going to have a new quarterback there. Well, that's played before, but still new to the system, new to the players and everything else. And you have a little consistency with Atlanta, not to mention that cake schedule that Atlanta has because they get the NFC North and they get the AFC South, probably the two easiest divisions in football <laughs> here. And that's their, that's their divisions. They're playing not to mention each other a bunch of times. So, uh, you know, I think they have a real shot to make the playoffs here and, uh, and, and surprise, surprise, I bet them to make the playoffs at plus 180. And I don't know if that's still there because I tweeted about this teasing some people earlier, but, um, I just uh, it's one it was one twenty five at DraftKings one fifteen or one sixteen at FanDuel, but if you had a bet MGM account, that thing was sitting at plus one eighty. So I'm going to see if that's still available while you chime in. 
Yeah, the, I, the, I, I understand what you're, what you're saying there. You know, like I said, I, I don't go, to, especially for these types of, of these types of potential bets and stuff like that. I don't honestly, I just don't look at it that closely this time of year. You know, like we were talking about earlier, taking some time off. And, you know, from the from the standpoint of the NFL, like to keep uh, abreast of what's going on. But a lot of times, for at least for me, there's just so many changes that occur between now and once you get to the middle of August. And, you know, yeah, do, do can you lose value on, on certain bets? Absolutely you can. But I'd rather, from just a personal standpoint, I'd rather make a bet that I'm comfortable with than making one that I'm not not comfortable with so you know it's just it's just a matter of semantics and that's just how i tend to view it you know from that standpoint but no yeah problem but guys that. like you that that are out there pumping it right now hey you know what hats off to you i you have a skill set and a, a desire that i don't have you know for that so <laughs> i i commend everybody that, that can do that you know and i don't I, I try not to get too tied up unless it's some decent plus money and it's a good argument but um, I'm usually on the right side of some of these season win totals as well. So I'm, I, I purposely wait in, uh, instead of collect the the one percent interest we can get from our bank accounts. I, I'll uh, I'll risk I'll risk that, Doug, and uh, and let and let the sports books hold on to it for a little bit. <laughs> Certainly glad it's not in crypto right now either. There uh, you go. Give me an NFL team that made the playoffs last year that might not this year. Well, there's, I'll give you two of them, as a matter of fact. Um, I One that I would look at is uh, Seattle. Uh, Geno Smith was fantastic. Does that mean he's going to be that good again this year? I don't know. You know, I mean, they kind of tailed off. You know, got off to a good start. They tailed off. Defense still has some issues. The defense will get solved over the next couple of drafts, I would imagine. But I think that's the key word, over the next couple of drafts, and not necessarily right away. So I, I though I expect some improvement, I'm not sure Gino. I'm not saying he's going to be the player that he was with the Jets, but I'm not sure he's going to be the player he was last year. So that's one team that I would look that could – that could definitely fall off the playoffs. The other one is the New York Giants. Uh, Giants were nine and seven and had a scoring differential of minus six. And so that's a concern to me. Um, Jones played better than anybody expected at quarterback last year. I don't know if there's a greater upside. He'll have better receivers. That's for sure this year. Uh, I'm just, you know, they're just, the whole coach thing, everything kind of came together. I'm just not sure if, if it will. Now, I will be the first to admit, I will be looking at them at least coming into the season because I think of last year that uh, they were 11 and four as underdogs. And I, like many people watching this video, and I'm sure yourself as well, I took the Giants frequently during the season last year. And uh, that was the way to go with them as an underdog. Absolutely. As an underdog, they were fantastic. And they would always creep up and win at the end. But now their schedule didn't do them a ton of favors. I believe they play, I, I thought it was like three or four teams coming off their bye weeks. And Warren Sharp, as you can see on my screen, put out a nice. I think it's even, I thought, was it, were they the one that was five? Or somebody, or maybe it was five, but oh, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing five. I'm seeing two negative sevens here. And of course, everyone gets, um, usually gets a bye week unless Atlanta here, for some reason, they're playing a team that uh, they're, that went on a bye as well. Imagine two bye weeks coming to meet each other. That would be unfair. But, uh, and it looks like that's what it, what it is here. Um, but no, it's it's showing like a, a big deficit of minus nine rest days. And San Francisco's the worst at minus 20. So the scheduling this year, for some reason, is much different when it comes to rest. I thought this was just a really interesting graph that Warren Sharp put out there. The Jets, the Bears, and the Washington football team 
uh, were the most benefit from rest days plus rest days. So they're not playing anybody off a bye this whole season. There's a bunch of teams that aren't playing anybody off a bye. So, um, yeah, I found that very interesting. That is, for sure. And and fun to look at. So if you have a chance, you can check out good old Warren Sharp there. So let's move on to some divisional thoughts then. Well, actually, before that, my team, and you you did take Seattle, but I'm going to throw out the Minnesota Vikings because the Vikings were Pythagorean over four games over their achievement level, level. They they gave up more points than they scored last year and they won yep. 13 games. That was absolutely massive. So I'll go with the Vikings on that, but let's move on to picking or not just picking. We're going to just give you a quick couple quick thoughts on each division. If you have a bet, God bless you. Love to hear it. If not, no big deal. We'll start with our NFC North, Doug. And I did do a preview on that division last week, but let's see if you have anything for the North. Yeah, they, I, honestly, I don't <laughs> from that standpoint, especially best bets. I think it's a very difficult division. Um, you know, you just mentioned about Minnesota. OK, uh, you know, they're going to come backwards. Okay, There's no way in the world they're going to get seemingly anywhere close to 13 wins. Uh, that defense just isn't good enough. Packers pretty much speak for themselves. They're in flux. Um, the it isn't just the offense. It's just where does the where does the improvement come against the run? Okay, and that's that's the big thing there. And they're also weak at safety. I, again, I don't see any serious upgrades there. I think Jordan Love's going to be better than people think from that standpoint. Uh, so that's you know that's one thing. Um, Detroit. Well, when I think of Detroit, I think of uh, the the television show Everybody Loves Raymond. Okay, because right now everybody likes the De- everybody loves the Detroit Lions. Okay, <laughs> to win the division and stuff. And and I can understand the point of that. You know, from that standpoint, because it because it's more if you look at the whole group, you know, there's it's not a great group of uh, as, as you mentioned earlier. And then the Chicago Bears improving. Yes, uh, there yet. No. So if I had to say anything and unless you're on the show, I was uh, down on the Packers as uh, I, I'm sure you don't remember that, but I was. And uh, just uh, when you do this, you got to be realistic, you know, about teams. If. Unless Detroit just goes off, okay, and really plays better than anyone, I think the Packers actually could sneak in and win the division at like nine and eight if they get the right tiebreakers. But, you know, I, would I bet that? Okay. Am I recommending that? No, I'm not. I think Detroit's the team to beat, but I'm not, I'm not sold that they're a 13 and four, okay, team or even 12 and five, to be perfectly honest. Now, when you did your show previously, what was uh, what did you, what did you? I'm curious to hear what you had to say. I think you kind of said it right off the beginning. What I agree with is the market's kind of correct on a lot of it. It's not like they have the Vikings at 13, 12, 11. They have the Vikings at eight and a half wins. The the the, the market, you know, and the DraftKings. That's where you can see it. It's like eight and a half, a little juice to the un, uh, over. Or sorry, no juice to the, yeah, juice to the over. My plus one ten. Um. Actually, no, it's juice to the under plus 110. It's plus 110 minus 130 to the over. That's what I'm saying. I'm totally saying it wrong. But here's the thing. 
how can you bet the Vikings after last year? And they didn't really do a lot to fix their defense from the draft, in my opinion. I thought they kind of went went right to a wide receiver. It's like, you got rid of Van Thielen because you really didn't use him much last year. And what's the next guy going to do for you? You know, I mean, you got a big name in Addison, but so what? I mean, that's not where you needed help. You need help against the run, just like a lot of these NFC North teams, you know? So I, I understand why Detroit's number one, and I guess gun to the head put me there. But you're right, everybody's on that. I don't want to be on that. And I don't trust the Bears yet. Fields hasn't proved he can throw the ball. You know, Eberflus hasn't proven that he's a real head coach yet. You know, you get there's a lot of hope there because you, they're getting compared to what the Eagles were with Hurts and stuff. But no, I, I need to see some action before I can really believe in the yeah. Bears. And I think their season win total at seven and a half is a little bit too high right now. I'm not saying I did cash in on their under six and a half last year, but they at least has a fourth a fourth place schedule. Now, the Packers. A lot of doubts for them being the fourth, but I wouldn't put them at the fourth. I'd at least have them tied for the Bears uh, coming into the season because even with Jordan Love, you don't know if he's worse than Fields. We don't know a lot about Jordan Love. And seeing the Packers game a little extension, that might show some belief there. Maybe the kid has gelled. Maybe all of a sudden he comes up firing. You got a good coach in Lafleur there. So it's a big game of Yahtzee. And if I had to take a future, I'd take the Packers at plus 500 if I had to, but I'm not. So I'm passing on it too, Doug. All right. What do you got next for me? South. Let's go NFC South. And that's where I can quick start because I already alluded to what I'm doing here. I mean, New York, the Saints are plus 115. And I am, and me and many other betters had the Saints win in the division at massive numbers, plus 400. That one game against Tampa where they choked it all away was really what it said it done. And then they lost the final game against Carolina. Now, I'm going to say that Carolina made a huge mistake by winning that last game because it changes three, Doug, three of their opponents coming in to this year. It's massive. And now they have to play a second place schedule instead of a fourth place schedule, you know, in this situation. So it's, uh, if you look at who the saints get to play, they have by far, the easiest schedule because I already alluded to the fact that they get to play the uh, NFC North and the AFC South. But looking at the Saints, they're at large games at New England. Um, they have at the New York Giants and versus the LA Rams. Then you have the Falcons versus Washington at the Jets, which is tough, but at Arizona's a win. But then you're sitting here with the Carolina Panthers because they won that last game. They're playing at Seattle, at Miami, and against Dallas. You know, so I would argue at Seattle, at Miami versus Dallas is certainly harder than, say, the Falcons at Arizona versus Washington at home at the Jets is probably a loss. Or the uh, the Saints at New England, which is, you know, we'll see what happens with them. At the New York Giants, which you said could be a fade team. And against the Rams, who could be at some point tanking. So I think they screwed up, Doug. Yeah, you know, I, the, the only thing I'll say, and and I I guess I I find this an admirable quality, is that you know it it, it used to be no nobody would well essentially nobody used to quit in sports or at least not that we knew of, and so I give it to them for at least playing because they're that's actually their job is to go out and win games now. Obviously, we, we know that there's plenty of that that goes on the other way now in today's sports world, and that's just the change that's occurred. So, you know, I, I don't know. I like what they did. Um, does it benefit them this year? Probably not. Okay, but 
I think that just as a whole, there was no expectations coming into this year. They knew they were rebuilding. So you know what? Hey, you know what? If the in three years, if Carolina wins the division, does anybody going to care about what they did that one year? I'm going to say no. Okay, for, from that standpoint. So, but going about the division just in general, I'm going to say that I agree with that. There, there's not a lot to talk about here. <laughs> well, and, and that's why I bring it up from a sports betting perspective. Right. From a sports oh, no, I, betting I, I, perspective, it really hurt their chances, I think, to get the eight to nine wins, and it helped the Falcons' chances to get the eight to nine wins just based on those three games. You know, people, right. With that added NFL game, it became an at-large game. And this year, the NFC plays at the AFC. So the NFC has eight home games and nine away games. If you're the Giants, one of your home games is actually in London. So you kind of got screwed on that. So you really have seven home games if you're the Giants. So there's just so many situations where this could kill. Now, from a fan perspective, completely different perspective. Yeah, win, win the last game. Sure. I don't expect you to win the Super Bowl this year. But from a sports betting perspective and look at their season win total, they made a mistake when it comes to how we approach it. So that's yeah, kind right. of my little point. Okay. When, I, I, see, I see where we're going with that. But, yeah, I mean, to me, the, the, this division, New Orleans by default, they got Derek Carr. They got the best quarterback in the division. Um, you know, the, the defense still gives up too many points against good yeah. teams. Mm-hmm. Carolina full rebuild, basically the same as true Tampa Bay. Atlanta's defense, definitely a concern. Offense has definite definite potential but yeah i it's new orleans are nothing for me you know as far as winning this division how 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 do you figure out tampa you know they have all these old money contracts they have no they had made no attempt to get a real quarter i mean baker mayfield's had his chances but do they really think that this is a resurrection system with him? And, and then you got Kyle Trask, which obviously is scrap heap material for picking up Bear, Baker Mayfield. I mean, the way that the Packers are treating Jordan Love and the way that they're treating Kyle Trask is completely different right here. And so it's just like, why are you holding on to all this old money? I almost feel like there's going to be a lot of trades happening with them if they just if they start losing. You know, I think they're going to try to unload Goddard, maybe. You know, or 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 their other. Uh, big receiver there right i think there's yeah, a chance yeah i i i mean i think just a, a lot of teams know what have a plan and they don't necessarily make it uh accessible to everybody else i mean i i think you know they got their super bowl i think they're satisfied now they got to look to rebuild because they know that this deal is over for them and so they you know they like i said they got these contracts if they can move them at some point i think they do absolutely let's go to the mc east why don't you get started with this one? Uh, obviously, the Super Bowl contender Eagles were there. You had a pretty good team in Dallas. You had a very fortunate team in the Giants and an interesting team in Washington. The um, let's see here. So, I mean, Philadelphia was fantastic last year, and I, you know, the season win total I see is at ten and a half, or less. That's what I saw the other day, and so, you know. I don't know if they're going to be 13 or four because they lost what four defensive starters, as I recall um, on, on that. So I think they're, they're going to take a step backwards, certainly defensively offensively though. I don't think it'll be a lot different. Uh, I'm still going to pick them to win the division. I think the Cowboys will be close, but <laughs> like everybody, uh, at least I think most people uh, with the Cowboys, unless you see it, you know, that's then you, then, you know, so if you see something during the season to where they can surpass Philadelphia, but there's not enough there that changes my mind. Uh, Giants, like I said, I, I think the Giants are basically a 500 ish type team, Washington, you know, 
we'll just have to see where that all goes. So I'm going to say, and only this is this will be interesting. You know, the, there has not been a repeat champion in this division in 18 years. So if Philadelphia accomplishes that, that's of note. But I'm going to go that direction, Kiev, on this one. Philly, yeah, I mean, they did draft the whole state of Georgia, I'm pretty sure, when they came in and, and picked one off. It's not a bad idea, by the way. It, it's probably not a bad idea, don't get me wrong, but they're certainly coming to a lot of hype. One thing I did notice about the Eagles is they did have the second easiest schedule last year, and I think the Niners actually had the first easiest schedule just because of what happened within their division, but... Um, they had a lot very fortunate um, schedule, and you know, I, I, I give them that they're still a powerful team, but they probably overachieved by a little bit. Um, one thing about Dallas is the team that I would hate on a little bit more. I mean, their fumble differential, and now interceptions are more predictable, but fumbles aren't. They're yes. like plus eleven or plus twelve in fumbles. Um, I, I love to look at that in the beginning of the season because it kind of tells you. You know, how many you're gaining and how many you're losing here. I'm going to quick find uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, so plus 10 differential in total turnovers. They only lost five fumbles, and they gained uh, 16 fumbles. So, yeah, plus 11 in fumble differential was the biggest of them all. So I feel like this team's kind of interestingly, you know, uh, they lost a few guys to, to money too, and – they did shed Zeke, and I did, I agree with that. Zeke was it was time for him to go. I didn't agree with his contract in the first place, but you know this <laughs> this could be the team that falls out. But the most interesting team to me is Washington. They're just interesting. Would it shock you if they just kind of snuck out of nowhere? They got a fourth place schedule. You got Riverboat Ron, who has done this before to everybody with the Panthers, and he was a good defensive coordinator when he was with the Bears, and. You know, you kind of look at Washington's lineup, and I know you got Sam Howell there, but you also have to remember that the fourth place schedule and some of their skill positions looking pretty good. You got Jahan Dotson at wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. You got Brian Robinson at running back. He he played for Bama. Um, Antonio Gibson's still there. Pretty decent offensive line. And you still got Chase Young, who was injured. That should be healthy. Montez Sweat on the other side. You should have a pass rush there. This could be the sneaky team. Now, I'm not saying I'm betting it, but, man, uh, it wouldn't shock me if they kind of shocked the world. And Sam Howell, who was a massive prospect, actually turns out they are plus 1,100 to win that division. Yeah, the... They remind me actually of Cleveland, to tell you the truth, to where their star power on the team, mm -hmm. but the team has a lot of holes be behind it. And so there's a lot of different weaknesses. So if somehow those weaknesses can be shored up for however, whether it be schematically or players just play above, you know, the, what, what the presumed skill level is. Okay. I'll, I'll bite. I, I'll, I can see your argument, you know, on that one. And uh, I think the same could be made for Cleveland. Okay. If, if that's the case, uh, I, but I'm not as excited about him as you are, or at least you're, I'm not excited about the potential. Okay. But I think that's what you're really saying that you're not picking them or anything like that, right. but the potential of them. And let's face it, I'm going to, now this a hundred percent agree with you. It's the NFL. <laughs> so yeah. literally anything can happen. Yahtzee, baby. That's what it's like, right? Yeah. And uh, that's why my friend Chris always says, you know, what's interesting is that you said there's a new division winner every single year. We got the Giants at plus 800, 
and you got the Washington Commanders at plus 1,100. That only leaves the Cowboys if this trend continues. <laughs> so you got these two massive – I know I'm probably tempting people to make bets that, that maybe they shouldn't. But the truth is if you pick a team to win a division and there's someone at like a ridiculous price, that doesn't mean that you can't do both. You know, Because if you right. say Washington wins it two out of ten times – uh, playing this season, you know, and fast forward like seven, you know, all seventeen games for five times in a row. Well, two out of ten times is well worth plus eleven hundred if that's what you believe, you know. So it's like I will pick the Eagles, but I believe that this has value because that's what we do with percentages and being a sports better. So that's an interesting way to think about it. I think people need to think a little bit more like that when it comes to you know betting in these situations. Let's yeah, I, no, I mean yeah, there, when you, I mean you're. Uh, I, don't, I can't think of the right term, but yes, where you're, you're, you're just, you're figuring out the money. Okay. And that's one of the things that um, I like to do. And I haven't seen it yet at uh, Bovada, for example, they have, and we've talked about this in the past, the um, where you can bet a team to finish, you know, you could bet them to finish at any particular spot in their division. So first through fourth and the odds that are, 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 are an occurrence there or in order, I should say. And so with that, and I was, I would like to mess around with that one because you can get some, you know, if, if, for example, you'd like the Dallas Cowboys and you, you know, or even like with Washington, you know, if you get them to move up to second place, you, you get some fairly short odds, not as much of a long shot. And if you, if, if the schedule works out in a manner that you're thinking and how that works out, it's, it, it becomes a pretty positive bet. You can and you can hedge out of it too because right. I believe that Washington's schedule uh, started out pretty favorably, and that's very important. And like I said earlier on Warren Sharp's diagram, Washington, Chicago, and New York Jets all plus twelve in net rest edge at the top when it comes to that schedule. So I find that very interesting. Let's move on to the NFC West, Doug, and what a mess this division became because last year we were looking at it as the best in the NFC and the AFC West was supposed to be the best in the AFC and kind of both weren't really true. The NFC West, the, the, the Super Bowl champion Rams just fell apart completely. And then the Arizona Cardinals completely fell apart, which helped Seattle kind of come back from nowhere. And the Niners were the Niners winning games without a quarterback. So that's just how they roll, man. But uh, that's just a great coach of Kyle Shanahan. I think that, the Niners have the best coach right now, but um, I certainly don't. I certainly don't like the long shots in this. I probably would pick the Niners again, but I, I haven't thought too much about this. This is the next one I'm going to kind of dive in this week too. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think this is this is the this is their this is their opportunity, and they do though have to have a quarterback that stays healthy. So whatever it ends up being, if it's Purdy, if it's Trey Lance, you know, whoever ends up winning the job, they need him to play well and what well, to play well and then also to stay healthy the entire season. Because I'm I'm of the opinion their window of opportunity is shrinking. Okay, mm -hmm. they, they've been around this for like you know four years. Uh, not that they're, not that they're an old team because they're not, but you know and they've made some some changes. But you know it, it just doesn't stay open forever. So. I actually have them going to the Super Bowl this year out of the uh, NFC. I think they're ready to go, but they have to have a quarterback that can play the entire season. And they showed what can happen, you know, with Purdy. Not only was he a surprise, but he also played really well, you know. So, I mean, so that was the big thing. So when this team has a quarterback that can play at that level with their running game, with their offense and their defense, 
boy, I, I don't know how you how you don't take them not only to win the division, but I, I mean, like I say, I have them. I got them going to the Super Bowl. They're the number one coach, in my opinion, in all the NFL right now. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan is the best coach right now. And, uh, you know, you can say Belichick all time if you want. I'm just talking well, about the, time, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm just talking about the last few years, you know, and, right. and, and you wonder if Sam Darnold's going to be the starter, you know, is Trey Lance really going to be any good? We don't know. Sam Darnold's got more experience and Brock Purdy should be coming in halfway through the season. Is that going to be enough for him? Uh, just so many questions. I will say that Brock Purdy did have the easiest part of the schedule when he was winning those games and he had some very clear pockets. So that's interesting too. Um, it's hard to bet on Geno Smith because I thought that was a fallacy as well. It, it, all of a sudden, the Rams come with Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald, and they they show like they're Super Bowl champs again. That would sure kick everybody in the in the you know what, Doug. But yeah, I'm just it's just so many questions for me in this division too. So I I I, I definitely wouldn't take the odds on them to win the Super Bowl. But if I had to pick a team in the NFC, I would pick them too to represent. You know, I, I think that would be my team. So. Um, I think that's interesting. Them, or it's, it's, I hate to say, it, maybe the Eagles too. You know, it's just we're just in that situation where the other two divisions just don't look up to par. Uh, no, there's there's nothing. It doesn't appear there's anything in those other divisions. I 100% agree. All right. Well, let's move on to a, another interesting division that I have as an above average powerful division. Just nobody kind of completely at the top. I guess you can say the Bengals might be at the top here, but I do got to like what the other teams are doing here in the AFC North. Why don't you get started? Yeah, well, the now we might have a disagreement on this one then. So based on what you just said, um, I I really like Cincinnati, and I and I'm and I have no problem as we sit here today to say they are my Super Bowl champion pick. I think this team is absolutely ready. Okay, to to take the next step. Uh, they've been to two consecutive AFC Championship games. Went to the Super Bowl once. They signed Orlando Brown. That's going to change the whole dynamic of their offensive line, which has been, which was a true weakness when they went to the Super Bowl. It was less so last year, but it still wasn't very. They good. got hurt at the end too. Right, right. They have, right. You're right. They suffered some injuries there. Um, defensively, you know, they only gave up 20 points per game, but I think this Zach Taylor. I, you know, I, I get to like him more and more because, you know, last year they kind of, well, basically the last two years, they throw the ball early and then they run the ball later. Now the off the, the passing game's still there, but then, you know, they just develop the running game as it goes along. And so I just think he's a pretty smart guy. Okay. Along with, along with your, what you're talking about here. And I just, their defense, I think they're gonna. There's been a big effort to improve the pass rush because it, it. I'm sure it's not lost on him, and it certainly wasn't lost on me. I'm sure anybody else watching football. The number one and two teams last year in the NFL in sacks were, uh, San, I'm sorry, Philadelphia and Kansas City. Well, where did those two teams end up? Right. I'm not saying that's the only reason that they were there, but that's partly how you play defense in the NFL today is negative plays. Okay, it's great to sh to shut teams down, but if you when you have to have the play that you get it, you stop the opposing team, either force them to punt or to kick field goals. I think that's a big benefit. I think that's part of what they're they're looking they're looking for, and then of course. They got Joe Cool at quarterback. Okay, Joe Burrow, I the, the guy just personifies confidence. He, his teammates all feed off of it. So I like them to win their division. I, uh, I, 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 I actually I love them to win the division. To be perfectly honest, and then I also like the fact that you know this team they're close. I think they take the next step. 
Sounds like you're not buying into the Lamar Jackson hype right now. He's giving us. He just got paid. He's going to start showing up for OTA. Wait, he, got, he got paid. Well, you know what? Kyler Murray got paid. Let's not forget that too. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not sure what that means. I almost kind of like you know, is from a bet, sports better as Doug knows all the years he's been doing it. Usually a contract year is a buy-on situation, you know, and it's not after they sign the contract. After they sign the contract, they're 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 going out on you know the clubs and having a good time. You know, uh, they're feeling relaxed. They're buying a couple houses, maybe a couple cars. You know, it's a it's that situation. So I don't love that either. I think, and it's like they pick up Odell Beckham. Okay, well Odell Beckham, how? You know, of course, the guy who's been talented, but his mouth has kind of ruined it for me over the years on some of these teams. And it's almost like Odell Beckham needs to go to somewhere where it's just perfectly gelling like it was when he went to the Rams. He really didn't have no word to say because they're winning games with Cooper Cup, you know. But if they're losing yeah. games and he's not getting the ball, that's a lot worse. And they're in a very difficult division. I'm so torn on this division because um, you have a great draft from Pittsburgh and we all know they always get above eight and a half wins or whatever it is. They, Tomlin is just that's he's automatic when it comes to that. I love their draft. Some good guys from Wisconsin they got as well. Um, I you got to understand that the Ravens did improve their offense, but I don't know if I think they might have took a hit on defense personally. It, Cleveland with Deshaun Watson is he get, is it going to work this year? I'm not buying Cleveland, but there's a lot of people making arguments for Cleveland. Wouldn't shock me for them to just be like the Houston Texans with Deshaun Watson, and wouldn't shock me if that situation. So to be honest with you, Doug, I do agree with you. I think the Bengals are still the team to beat. And to be honest with you, I don't have them quite picked for the Super Bowl, but that was my pre thoughts. I want to get through all my uh, divisions because I'm kind of looking at Jacksonville a little bit and a couple other teams. And we'll see if uh, Kansas City can do a repeat. But no, no disagreement. I I have them number one right now. I would say. Yeah the the thing, only thing I don't well the thing about Baltimore you know there's everything's been off you know the last several years you know so whether it be if it's Jackson hurt it's you know it's this guy's hurt that guy's hurt and so there's there's just been a lack of continuity on one side of the ball or the other. And I don't know. I just don't see Jackson playing seventeen games. Okay, to be perfectly honest, I think that's part of the problem. So, you know, um, if he does and he can play at a high level, do I think they can compete with Cincinnati? Sure, they can. Okay. And they can certainly beat him once if, you know, I mean, during the season. But I just, I just don't have the faith in them. I, I think where Cincinnati is trending, how they've already proven themselves the last two years, I just think they're ready to go. So we'll find out. (laughs) It's It's only May. So we got lots of time. All right, fair enough. AFC South. Let's just pass on this one. <laughs> I mean, well, it's it's. Well, it, hey, if, if you want to, if you want to do like a, a Kornheiser, uh, pardon the interruption. If you want to set it for a minute, I'm good on that. Uh, why don't you do thirty seconds? <laughs> okay, thirty seconds. Um, I okay. Jacksonville's on the rise. Um, I think they're going to improve somewhat. And I think Trevor Lawrence, if he continues to improve, I think make this team better. The rest of the division stinks. Okay, I think that's 22 seconds. Your turn. Colts and Titans, worst drafts in the league. Um, Why are you even pissing off Tannehill? Is he even going to hang out that long? Um, (laughs) Obviously, the Jacksonville Jaguars are a a very important contender, I think, in this whole conference. So I love them. And then, man, who am I missing here? (laughs) Uh, The it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. No, no, it it doesn't matter because the Houston Texans did draft C.J. Stroud, but they're still miles away too. So let's move on to the AFC East, then, my friend. A little bit more interesting here with the Jets, as you alluded to. Why don't you talk about that? 
uh, coming on in. All right. Um, Buffalo, I don't know what they need to do, uh, but he- here's my opinion on Buffalo. I still think they're a good bet to go over 10 and a half. I think they're the, still the better choice. I'm seeing like plus 130 to win the division. I still think that's that's certainly not a bad bet. But to go beyond that, here's my opinion. Let me know if you agree. I think I don't think this team is tough enough. And when I say tough, I'm talking about physically and mentally. Is that they they they're really good. They have a lot of talent, but they just don't have this is an older term, but the it factor. You know, they're just lacking it. And so whether that's the coaching, whether, you know, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but they just don't have it. And there's nothing you look at and you say, boy, you know, they're, they're right there. You know, they could have beaten Kansas City two years ago, you know, and but when they got thrashed by Cincinnati, you know, that just to me opened my eyes that I don't know. Now, maybe it changes this year. Maybe there'll be something different about them, but they just don't have the guys to me on that team that are, are what I would call tough guys. And that's why I like Burrow. OK, and that's why I like Cincinnati more, because I think they're a tougher team. I also think that the coach sets a different tone, and that's that's my hesitation with them. Um, Jets and but Jets and um, the uh, Miami, I think, could both both press them. Uh, I said I already mentioned about the Jets. I think the offense would be better. I, everything else, I think the defense is going to be. I like Miami, and you know what? If if I had to make a secondary bet in that division, I would take Miami. Okay, in this one. Uh, Tua has to play 15 games. Okay. I don't think that's, there's any doubt about that. I think the offense is potentially spectacular. Um, from that standpoint, I think they've made some nice adjustments on defense. I think the defense will only improve season win total. I'm seeing nine and a half. I think that's, that's as good as gold. Okay. Uh, on them uh, outside chance to, uh, to win division, if not finish in second place. All right. Well, there you go. Um, I definitely have some disagreement there because, Good. You didn't even mention the Patriots. You know, I think I find that interesting. I didn't. Uh, you know, the, I, the Patriots are intentionally done. I did like Mac Jones, but I just think Belichick's past his prime. The whole Matt Patricia thing kind of probably soured a lot of things on this team. They don't really have a ton of star power on the Patriots that I see. I just kind of see them just grinding games out and just probably relying on their defense and we'll see what happens but uh Miami I my favorite win total under is under that under nine and a half because I think Miami screwed up the most important thing that they had was they have the quarterback that couldn't even finish the season on his third concussion he gets touched in this helmet he could be done for the whole rest of the year possibly his career and I was I came into this offseason wondering if he was going to retire and so right. how, how the heck do you not play him at the end after missing three or four games and just think that you can sit here relying on him? You pick up Mike White from the Jets, who's pretty much, you know, very second rate. He is not a starter. You have Skylar Thompson there that, I mean, dude, seriously, Skylar Thompson. He, he, he shouldn't have been drafted, in my opinion. Um, and then so what's your backup plan? You know, and I, I just... I think that there's just so many ways that can hit because of the strength of this division. Hate to say it, but I think Aaron Rodgers is playing motivated. He's showing up now to OTAs. That's the first thing, first time in a while that he, he's doing this. But, you know, um, he's back with Hackett. Um, they The Jets, I thought, just had so much talent and just such bad quarterback play that it, that was what they needed, and that's what they fixed. I think the Jets win this division. I, I Buffalo... 
I hate the Trayvon Edmonds loss and the fact that they went tight end instead. Now, they probably should work in their tight ends, but I don't know if Josh Allen is that kind of player. He just kind of takes off, and they're kind of becoming figured out a little bit, in my opinion here. Now, the Jets have the most favorable schedule going from that graphic that I uh, talked about, plus 12 with the Bears and and Washington, um, as far as, obviously, rest factor. Um, they have just a lot of favorable situations. I like the Jets to win this division, and I think Buffalo takes a step back. The uh, yeah, I, I, that would not that's not a surprise in, in a lot of cases. I just happen to like Miami a little bit more. But hey, you know what? Disagreements are good. Okay, I mean, it's better. It's it's actually to me, it's more interesting watching than too when when two guys are talking about it, they don't exactly agree with it, and uh, hey, then then they can see who ends up being right. Okay? It's a great and, uh, exercise because. That is never going to be an issue. It's Of course, it's a great exercise. We're trying to learn from each other, too. It's not like we can't right. change our opinion. So excellent, excellent breakdown on that. AFC West is the final one we have, obviously. We have the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs there, probably the most <laughs> disappointing team in the Chargers sitting there, if you especially go back to that playoff loss and pretty much everything else they did. And then, uh, obviously, you have Denver that was couldn't score a point with Russell Wilson, which was another massive <laughs> failure. <laughs> that was my, that was my biggest win total play, them and the Bears under last year, Denver. And then, uh, obviously, the Raiders that kicked their quarterback to the curb, which was a little bit of a head-scratcher to me. But why don't you go ahead and you go first? Yeah, well, I, the, the, now, I, I know you tend to look at this differently. I tend to look at it as if I have an opportunity to win. Okay, now the uh, I believe Kansas City is like one minus one sixty or minus one eighty to, to win the division, and that's what that's I actually have already bet that when I looked this up the other day I already bet it because I I think they're an absolute lock to win this division. The last time they didn't win the division, okay, well you know what, it, it, I, are you Star Wars guy at all? I, I I certainly was. Now the now that okay. the fact that they're going absolutely nuts with just releasing all these spinoffs and movies, I right okay. kind of shied on well, it. But yeah, well, so the, okay, so you might remember this: um, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. That was 2015, and and that was the last time a team other than the Kansas City Chiefs won that division. Okay, it was the Denver Broncos, by the way. Uh, you know, this team last year won the Super Bowl. They they transitioned. I would say almost perfectly from a semi-veteran team to one of the youngest teams in NFL last year. And so I think it's just brilliant what they what they've done. Andy Reid is such a different coach than he was at Philadelphia because at Philadelphia he was known for losing the the biggest games. Now he wins the biggest games, okay, on a continual basis. He's, I think he's a smarter coach. I think he's a freer coach, okay. And I think that's happened to him with age is that he just, you know, he doesn't worry about anything anymore. And so this team, they got Patrick Mahomes, you know, I, I literally unless Mahomes is hurt or their other 21 starters are hurt, I don't see how they don't win this division. And they are not hurt one bit, okay, by the fact. That San, that the San Diego, the Chargers, I don't think has a, a smart coach. I think he's a good coach, but I don't like his in-game decisions. Raiders continue to be a mess. Denver, not sure where that where they are exactly. So all of that also plays into the the uh, my thought process of wanting can or thinking Kansas City wins this division. I'm not saying they're going to win it by four games. I'm just saying at you know when we get to January, the second Sunday in January, they're the division champs if they aren't already sooner. How about combining 
the brain powers of Brandon Staley and Kellen Moore together on the team, right? Kellen Moore from the Cowboys coming on Brandon Staley. That, that, what can go wrong, right, for the Chargers this year? You know, I, well, the, the, you know, I, I don't even I, – I mean, I like the Chargers offense, you know. I mean, I, there, there's plenty to like there. I just don't like the unnecessary risk-taking. And to me, it's unnecessary. Well, they have, they have I, the talent. It's just you have some bad coaches there. And I bet them two plus 275 and the Chiefs at plus 175 to win the division last year. I was like, this is a no-brainer. I'm playing against the Raiders and Denver with Russell Wilson and Hackett. as good. That was one of the easier bets I made because I could have won either way, you know, if the Chargers would have won it. The Chiefs won it, but it still paid plus 75, you know, for me. So, right. Or, you know, you know obviously – you have to take away the unit, so it paid almost the full. But yeah, I got to be. I agree. I mean, I'm not going against the Chiefs in this division. I do. I do like the upgraded coach for Denver, Sean Payton. But um, they also brought Joe Lombardi over from the Saints. So you want for their offense coordinator? But is that going to be enough to fix Russell Wilson? I don't know. Probably not. Wilson just needs to figure out he's not a pocket passer and he's got to do some more stuff with his legs. He was a smart runner with his legs, too. He'd get down and get injured. That just stopped somehow, um, and it was during Seattle. I, I thought he was just a much more threat threat when he was doing that. But at plus 550, it's not nearly enough for me to get cute and try to fade the Chiefs here. I think the Chiefs are proper favorites here. 165 is up there a little bit, but maybe it should be plus, minus 200 if you think about how good these Chiefs really are. So I, you have no disagreement. And what's up with the Raiders here? Because the whole idea of bringing Devontae Adams was to get him with his old college quarterback and Derek Carr. One year later, they kicked Carr to the curb. Well, I mean, what's, what, 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 what's Devontae Adams thinking here? It's like the whole reason we did this is, you know, we have one hiccup year and uh, all of a sudden he's gone. I mean, it just kind of tells you that, well, Adams, uh, we don't care about what you think. We're going to try Jimmy Garoppolo, who's only played for uh, amazing teams his whole career. Yeah, let's. It just the Raiders don't make a lot of sense to me on on some of their decisions, Doug. Uh, no, I it just it's the um, well. There's a reason. I mean, when you think of Al Davis, there's you know, and you think of Mark Davis, and you think of the the Al Davis in his later years. Okay, I mean, um, pretty much we just got a continuation of the same thing. So th there's seemingly no direction, uh, and if, if if there's a chosen direction, it's the wrong one, and. I, I, I'm sure you have seen this as well. You know, uh, Devonte Adams has been very honest in his assessment of his team. And so there is speculation that he is talking with the idea that possibly he could get traded even before the season starts. And, uh, and so with that, that yes, there'd be a bit of a cap hit, but at least he could, for him, he could go somewhere else and the Raiders can move on. And, you know, if uh, Garoppolo plays what 11 games uh, or, or I guess, Here's my, I guess my question to you. What's the over under on Garoppolo for games played this year? You, if I was setting it, it would probably be, you have to assume no injury. You have to assume he's going to play and you have to look at what they have after him. You know, there's not a lot after him, right? Who's their backup? It's, right. and, and that's the problem, you know? So you'd have to set it high at 12 and a half. I don't think I'd take the under, but um, you know, I, I just don't know how long he's really going to last there myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll give him one thing. He looks good, you know, with that, with that hair, look, just a touch of gray now with the silver and black. I mean, there he's got go. the right look, okay, to be a quarterback. but you know, <laughs> but beyond that, uh, no, not, not much there to get excited about. And um, you know, cause and let's also not forget the last time the Raiders won a division 
2002. Well, Tom Brady just bought part piece of the team, so he's going to play next year, right? Is that, is that... Now, now, does Tom Brady then go? To, does he still go to that deal with the the giant or with the uh, at the beginning of the year to be honored with the Patriots? Not he's an owner of another team. I think that's uh, a conflict of interest right there. But I think uh, I, we better we better. I'm just asking. That's all. Write him up for it. Write him up. No, I think pretty sure. <laughs> Brian Hoyer, the destroyer, is the uh, second string here. And Aiden O'Connell is the guy they drafted from uh, Purdue, who is in the most college of all college offenses in the world. I'm pretty sure their run game ranked below the worst FC, uh, FCS team <laughs> the Purdue. It was just that bad, man. But um, Chase Garbers is fourth. So, yeah, there's uh, there's really no hope after Garoppolo. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was going to say, you didn't even have to mention one of those guys because it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> yeah. If Garoppolo goes down, the, the, the ship goes with it, and uh, and even it's not a really a good ship to begin with. Absolutely. So let's recap a couple of our bets here. I took, uh, I'm taking the Jets at plus 250 to win that division. I think it's a, a good bet in this situation. I, I really like the fact that they did get Aaron Rodgers. I've never been a big Aaron Rodgers fan, especially as a Bears fan. But to be honest with you, I have to just look at his motivation here and the fact that he's going with a system that he's played in before with Hackett. So um, I like that. And I like Miami's win total at under nine and a half. I think I might have mentioned one or two that was uh, on, but I might have given up on other shows. And so you had the Chiefs and what else? I, I, I like the Chiefs. I still like Philadelphia to win to win their division uh, from that standpoint. I do like Buffalo over on the win total. I also like uh, Miami uh, on the win total. And then as I also mentioned, I like San Francisco to win the NFC. And I've got Cincinnati to win the AFC and the Super Bowl. So okay. that's there my full regalia right there. There you go. Get to have it all from Doug Upstone. And where could our listeners find your great information in place? Well, as the poster behind me clearly shows, that is Doc Sports. And that's that's where my home is these days. And uh, so, yeah, available right there. The full regalia of different types of sports betting stuff. Uh, doing baseball, of course. Uh, when football comes around, I'll have all that. This time of year now, I'm doing the WNBA uh, as opposed to Kiev. I am I did the XFL and I did the USFL as, as uh, uh, going on right now. And then, you know, still with the NBA, okay, we still got a little bit of time. Not a lot of games, but got a little bit left. And NHL, been on a super run in the NHL, especially on big plays. So, yeah, so uh, ready to go. So, with Doug Upstone at Doc Sports and Doug Upstone, just like it sounds. Make okay? sure you like, guys. Like it shows right there. It's just, it's, uh, it's real easy to find. And easy lots of, by the way, and also lots of you, uh, like you have lots of YouTube videos. I get free plays every single day on YouTube at Docs. And then also I write an article uh, specifically. It's called The Pulse the, or The Betting Pulse. It's at, at another location, but I always post them. I do it three days a week. It's on Twitter. Has just tons of information, a lot of betting stuff, a lot of fun stuff at the same time, too. So look for that at, at, the, at as Kev mentioned, the big top of the show, at Doug Upstone on Twitter. All right. Make sure you guys check out Doug. Doug, head a blast thank you so much for coming on my pleasure as always my friend and uh we got to go catch a, a game here real quick and uh kick uh kick back a couple of cold ones i'm always ready for that my friend enjoy memorial weekend <laughs> my friends thank you so much for listening to this podcast there is no ufc this weekend so we will be talking about that next week coming in after memorial day if you have any questions for the show, feel free to email us at info at oddsbreakers.com. I hope you have a safe and wonderful Memorial Day weekend and go get some 
winners. <laughs>